0: Hi there. This episode of Material is going to touch on a few topics that are, let's say, for mature ears only. So if you're listening to this in the car with kids in the backseat, maybe you want to skip ahead. I'm sure that this week's episode of Fresh Air is really, really awesome. It always is. Good morning, afternoon, or evening. Please delete as appropriate. Hello there. This is Material, Episode 193, and I am Andy Anotko.
1: And I'm Florence Ion, and if you've got a helpful app like Pocket Casts, which, is, uh, which comes from a, an old friend of ours, you know, those apps can help you delete the podcasts when you're finished listening to them. It's really quite something. <laughs>
0: Did, now, see, that sounds like a passive-aggressive response to a really, really mean-spirited comment. Like, like, no, like no, 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 no. Okay, no. I, I don't, I don't know that. I don't know, like, where that came from. It just the something in the way that it was formatted sounded it, like. Well, you know, most podcast catchers have a feature where if you don't like the show, you can actually delete it. Maybe you're too st- stupid. To know that that has the feature. But I promise you, if you look at the help figure or if you if you have your caretaker check it out for you, I'm I'm sure that you just sort of like found this phone in, 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 a, in a rubbish tip or something.
1: Honestly, I just had Pocket Cast on my mind this morning and I was trying to I was trying to drop an unpaid ad for oh. <laughs> our old friend Russell. <laughs> but then I guess that came out a little strange because I'm a little loopy this week. But Pocket Cast was on my mind because there's a new UI update, so oh. I was just thinking about it.
0: Uh yes, you know we should see. I, I keep thinking of that uh, one this is episode one nine three, which is yes. a number that's lower than two hundred, but uh, mm-hmm. uh, approaching. If we were to graph it out, certainly intersects with the number two hundred soon enough. And that perhaps we should have Russell back on if he's not too big, not too big for us. He might is this be. How too we're big asking for him. <laughs> Well, just, no, I mean it's, I suppose Russell, I, listen
1: to this please. I suppose we should reach
0: out and and yes and yes, mean as well, but she's now a world traveler, a world traveling part of the of the Google establishment. We might have to file yes. paperwork in order to like get permission for her. And she might be too big a get for us. Whereas Russell I think is still just attainable.
1: Uh whereas you and I we're just here at home and in the comfort of our own homes uh enjoying what's left of coffee or whatever we had from this morning and staring at each other through the digital interspace isn't it <sighs> isn't it wondrous what technology can do for us these days
0: yeah i you know i still remember the first time that i had like a live stream i i, I talked to somebody via the internet for like a live stream sort of thing and my brain told me that I was on the telephone but it was like no you're listening to a pure digital recording of yep. this voice how is this happening so yes let's all let's still remain humbled by it and not not, not allow our cynicism and the fact that it's too especially my case, not
1: my cynicism because well, i can get pretty damn cynical <laughs> it's
0: it's a it's a pretty good fight between like millennials and generation x because we 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 uh like the the baby boomer generation invented the word slackers just to just to have a way of dealing with us. We we grew we didn't just simply uh have the opportunity to watch David Letterman. We were kids and we had our attitudes basically formed by the most influential wise ass in American television history. So this is this is this is why like we're not really compl- my generation is not so much complaining about global warming or the rise of, of fascism Should, but yes well but exactly we're we're just <laughs> like oh right we knew this is going to happen like sure like anything else is going to happen we we're content to sit back and watch the world burn around us
1: Andy, speaking of watching the world burn, uh, and we can stream it
0: because we both use Plex. I was
1: about to, I was actually about to go there. Uh, we got a couple of comments on Twitter about Plex, which, so by the way. We talked about
0: Android TV last week because we both, you got a MyBox and yeah.
1: Yeah. I'm, by the way, I have been, uh, enjoying it. You know, what's really satisfying folks is that last night I, you know, I was watching Bravo, um was Real Housewives of Beverly Hills on last night. So I was wa- I was tuning into the ridiculous drama. Um there's some big storyline going on this season and uh Mexican Dynasty was was on after it and I've heard good things about this from my reality TV circle of friends. And so I went in and I added it to the DVR, the YouTube TV DVR because I said, "You know what? We're not doing this thing where I stay up late watching Bravo all night." because I need to like be a sensible person. Uh, and it was very satisfying to click on the remote and do that. Like it just brought me back to, just brought me back to old TV.
0: Old <laughs> It fashioned. brought me back to
1: 2006 TV. Yes. Interface, because that's basically <laughs> what it is. Um, And I just missed that satisfying click of it all, because uh, I've been doing everything from my phone for the last like seven years, if I think about it.
0: Yep. Clicky, clicky buttons are a really good piece of interface. I hope they don't go away.
1: We're, as, as the animals we are, I feel like we've evolved to just get so much gratification from this. But perhaps it will stop. You know, we were just talking about generational differences. Uh, perhaps it will stop with my generation because I wonder if you're a baby growing up with no satisfaction of a physical, you know, button, how are you supposed to get that chemical feeling?
0: This is yeah.
1: all, I I realize I'm getting very deep and existential here. No, but... no, it's
0: it, it, this, but this, this fits is me, in this with the Okay, <laughs> I, I was on I was on Reddit the other day, and there's a form where it's just basically people asking a serious question and expecting and hoping for serious answers in response. <laughs> and someone I finally came. Go across. go on Reddit
1: for that, by the way.
0: <laughs> so I came across a question that really, really made me think and also made me realize how big a gulf there can be between mm-hmm. two people who are only like separated by 10 years and this person was asking like people who grew up without the internet and without mobile phones how did you fill your day <laughs> and like I like, was just yeah and it was like <laughs> I I feel like it was it's such a weird thing to say well like we I've, i i can't say what we would do like i would like walk home from school and maybe you know there there's pay phones and like vending machines that i would see if there was any change left over and while i'm walking home from school right and- you would
1: hit up the hit up the the liquor store at the corner right across the street from the main street that leads to your house and you'd go get laffy Taffy's because that was like the one place that a nickel would get you anything mm-hmm.
0: Uh, or in my in my case it would be a hostess fruit pie at, at Brockelman's mm-hmm. store.
1: Yeah. Mine yeah, mine was yep. uh it was like this giant basket of just like loose candy and it would just be like 5 to 10 cents a piece. <laughs> this is mid-90s folks. Um so and I would just take a bunch of stuff and go yeah. home with a bunch of stuff in my pocket. Ah. Uh,
0: yeah. Youth. But it's 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 weird to have to we, I I've never felt more quaint. Then one would have to explain that, like, yeah, okay, we, we would goof off, like, but, okay, maybe we'd watch TV, like, when we get home from, from home from school for a couple hours and we're not supposed to be doing before it. before mom but, and
1: dad got home. Mm-hmm. But, like,
0: but they're saying, well, you don't have, like, social media apps. You can't keep in touch with your friends. And I can't believe I didn't re- actually respond, but I found myself, you know, putting on my suspenders, adjusting my bow tie and saying, well, kids, we would go to this place called the mall, And it was sort of an unspoken agreement that if we were bored and had nothing to do we would go to the the food court in this place called the mall and we would see friends from school and people we don't even particularly like from school and that kid that was kind of weird so no one really known him from school and then we'd go we'd just hang out and we'd maybe go see a movie so or
1: this is a, an incredible departure from what this podcast is about but but I want to stay on it for a second because it is related. So I think that if we... So that was your generation. My generation, we had instant messaging. So what you would do when you would come home from school... So my generation was uh, in middle school in the mid-90s, right? And so... You would come home from school and you would go to the computer and you would turn on AOL Instant Messenger and you put on your away message that you're working on homework. (laughs) And that was just kind of like how you communicated with friends after school. Uh, So I think if, you know, Kevin Smith were to redo mall rats for my generation, it would be called message rats. Yes.
0: Mall, Mall rats was very much on point. For. Also, also, uh, f- uh, Fast Times at Richmond High. That was mm-hmm. that's very, very familiar. Except for their teenagers having sex with each other, that was not part of my experience. But I understand <laughs> that that could have been if I were way could more, have been way, some way, of way more us, good. Yes, yes. <laughs>
1: That would but, be the age.
0: Yes. Uh, <laughs> um, okay, but back to but, moving uh, on. But back to back to Plex. So after we're talking about uh, talking about Android <laughs> TV, so people, oh do you use a uh, Plex and uh, and running Plex, can you rec- can you run Plex server on the MyBox? And this is just a good opportunity to give such an endorsement for Plex. Uh, a few years I ago, I can,
1: I can't. Okay, but yep. well, I'll let you go first. Nope, Sorry, well, go 1st go I've first. got,
0: to, uh, I've, uh, I've uh, I have a uh, Synology NAS that's been running as a Plex server for like two or three years now. When Fancy. I decided that finally, I've had my heart broken by iTunes way too many times, and I needed to have another thingy that would manage all of my the media that I own. Uh, I switched to Plex, and they keep they kept adding more and more features, and it's become more and more important. And now, actually, part of like <laughs> it's it sounds weird, but part of the fun of having of ripping movies and ripping CDs and all that sort of stuff is becoming the curator and librarian of this wonderful. Plex server so that I, I've created my own version of Spotify, my own version of Netflix, where everything is categorized and indexed and organized the way that I like it, and if I want to find all the different ways that people screw up uh, uh, ripping c- the how CDs or, or, or albums are titled and organized, I fix them manually every time I import them, and the great thing, if you never. Uh, if you've never used Plex before, uh, it's an app that you can run on a PC or a Mac or a Linux machine that will basically host your content and will also stream it anywhere on your local network or anywhere on the Internet and will also sync between devices. So, And the other cool thing is that it's not just you. You can also, like, let your friends and family have access to your Plex server remotely. So you can basically all, everyone share everybody's CDs or Or even better, your taste in movies, television, and music becomes the iron rod that forms the backbone of your family's cultural awareness. And it also has a DVR so you can record stuff and see that. But it is fun getting this thing going and keeping it running.
1: So this is incredibly prescient because the reason. So my husband set up his Plex server before I moved into his house <laughs> uh, several years, many many years ago, and on his the server basically existed as uh, a dumping point for for all the things we were watching <laughs> for all the things we were watching.
0: Okay, you're 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 audibly winking there, and I can see that you're visually winking there.
1: Yes. Um so do do,
0: do I want to pull at the this loose thread on this sweater or should I just let it?
1: Uh up? listen, I pay for so many streaming services now, so I can say what I want. Um <laughs> Anyway, so that's how white first existed, and then as um as I you know Built a, a home here. <laughs> I also brought in my media, and you know, it's it's very interesting to like think about it that way, right? Because when you're moving into your house, you're not now you're not just moving in like your physical stuff. You are also moving in your digital stuff, right? right? So the Plex server has now become my nostalgic directory, and I am on this journey to fill it up with all the things that. Uh, I grew up watching that. So TV has always been a sense of um, of comfort for me to have it on the background. Uh, when you have a lot of chaos going on, you can find that something like TV or for some people it's music or what have you uh, can really help sort of neutralize your day to day. And so TV has always helped that. You know, you, I came home from school, I would put on Um, MTV back then was very geared for my generation. So I, you know, put it on, have like the social aspect of the show on. And that kind of became like the way that I built like my workspace. So I started loading up Plex with all my 90210 DVDs, all of my, all these DVDs that I had curated from my college years from, you know, Uh, going to all the used uh, record stores and things of the sort and just putting them in the cloud and just saying, you know what, now I'm creating my own like nostalgic station. And I'm bringing this up because I also want to say rest in peace, Luke Perry, because this week in particular made me... So I was... I said I've been talking a lot about this, but I have been very sad about the passing of Luke Perry because he was taken too soon and too suddenly from us. And um, he was actually a pretty great guy in just like the celebrity canon, which is why he's been receiving a lot of, which is why it is such a big deal this week. And I'm so thankful that I have like all that 90210 stuff. Like not only do I have DVD. Now I'm just talking about my love, of nine or two and O. But not nope, only do nope, I have that's... DVDs, but I also have you know all the all the stuff I've but collected that, over the but years.
0: That, that ties in particularly because I've had people. I've I've talked and written about Plex before, and there's mm-hmm. always a few. People out there who are going to say, oh, I can't even remember the last time I bought a CD. I was just streaming. I don't know why. Dinosaur. And what you don't understand is that I, it's there's a difference between renting something and owning it, between being a user of something and a curator of that thing. Where you've created for yourself, you, you you own this collection of episodes of nine hundred two one zero. You've got it exactly where you want it and how you want it. And bonus also,
1: footage that I found and, from the internet over the right. years.
0: <laughs> and but and that's one thing. That's one of the things that that Plex lets you do. Um, and mm-hmm. it's not uh, if ten ten years from now, who knows if Google Play Music will still Google Music will still be here in the form in which it is right now who knows if the, the streaming industry will still be in the place where every individual owner of a, of a content library I'm talking about like universal Sony, like the actual will say, you know what? Suddenly we're, we're pulling all of our music from every other service. Cause now you have to come directly to Sony music in order to get access to this. Or what if they were to screw up your playlists or anything like that? They can't do that to me. And if, you know, and if got all i have to do is uh maintain a backup of this 4 to 6 te- uh, actually i think it's now it's up 7 terabytes of movies and tv and music and this will always be there like i will uh i have pictures of what my cd library looked like like when uh like when i was like in my early to mid 20s i had this big big rack of there was, the, they took
1: up so much space. Yeah, so but, but, much space.
0: <laughs> but like the um, the thing is, like that was the constant of like, here's how I access my my music library. And of course, different different formats come and go, and you suddenly decide that you don't have room to store 500 CDs anymore. Uh, But the thing is, now that I have all this digitally, it doesn't matter that this is just a simple little black shoebox that runs off of 110 power. For the rest of my life, so long as there is an Ethernet protocol and there is AC power... I will be able to have my library in the way that I'm used to having it. I don't have to relearn or redo anything, and that's not just stupid nostalgia. That's like I don't have to ever restart from 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 step one ever yep. again. Just yep. as I just as I did when I went from like cassettes to CDs, just when I went from CDs to MP3s. Mm-hmm. Like this is this is and when I went to from MP3s to an iTunes library, and then when I went from an iTunes library to a Plex library, this is all organized in a way. That I know exactly where everything is. So long as it's backed up, you can never take away my complete, complete first series of The Masked Singer because I recorded it. <laughs> it's it's not it's not on a uh, it's not on a DVR that's uh, on a server that's owned by uh, owned like by YouTube Verizon. TV.
1: Yeah, right.
0: it's like if, if these are files that I can then back up and do whatever I want with. I will never run out of room and will have to delete them. They're mm-hmm. mine, mine, mine. I like that.
1: Uh, shall we steer this cart back on the Google track?
0: <laughs> yes. A uh, couple. With couple, some quick news. Yeah. Before, before we get into uh, our our main story, which we alluded to last week, a uh, couple of things. Uh, first of all, uh, just an update that Google has made a decision about that absure app. That's that uh, Saudi, Saudi Arabian government app mm-hmm. that allows because of the. Uh, guardian the male guardianship that is official in the, in that country that uh, where women can't travel get a passport to all that sort of stuff unless they have permission of their male guardian some of which could be like younger brothers uh, so the appsure app that allows men to have that kind of to excuse me to exercise that control in a mobile fashion google said well it doesn't violate any of our play store rules of operation or guidelines for apps so we're just going to leave it there as if really the fact that okay, so just because it asks it asks for permissions for before using location, that's really not what we were sort of arguing about. We're arguing about whether or not you have a role to play in or to not yeah, help I know. Out this sort of stuff.
1: <clears throat> I know it's oh well, it's, yeah. I know, I I know. It really sucks to say that, but it's there's a huge there's a societal i mean it's it we have to change humanity yeah (laughs) i mean it's just awful but it is true we have to change humanity
0: yeah well we just i just Uh, i'm only speaking for myself but it's i i wish that apple and google and all these other companies would just Demonstrate that there is a line that they won 't cross, just promise me that at some we don 't know that what that line is, but at some point some government is going to ask them or going to either by putting out an app that follows all of the guidelines but does horrible things to honest free free people uh, or by demanding changes to uh, devices and infrastructure again so that the iron boot on the heel uh, on the on the neck. Of innocent freedom-loving people is clamped down even tighter, thanks to the technology that these companies are providing, and say, you know what? We decided that we don't want to do that. I know that. I know that you basically allow a certain form of slavery, but the, uh, we've kind of decided that we're we're an anti-slavery. <laughs> you not violate
1: any Play Store. <laughs> as
0: terms. as handy as your slave monitoring app is. Uh, user interface, it's great. Again, you're asking for permissions. You're not... It's properly sandboxed. right within
1: material design, no problem.
0: Unfortunately, it's evil. Like, really full-on evil, and we don't want that kind of karma on our backs.
1: I mean, it's just... Yeah, it's... Uh, yay.
0: So, just uh, just an update there. Um, In... uh, I won't call this worse news, but uh, <laughs> this story just broke about an hour before we recorded uh, a really significant zero-day vulnerability in the, the Chrome browser has been discovered. Uh, it's been being exploited in the wild, and it is it has been patched. Uh, but uh, as uh, Justin Sha, who's a, an engineering director on Google Chrome, said on Twitter, quote, seriously, update your Chrome installs like right this minute. So, well,
1: I'm sorry, I can't. I am podcasting with Andy right now, and I need the dock to be open. So actually, I, what we're talking I, about.
0: I was well. I was pleased enough to find it. You, it's fixed in Chrome update seven two. Get up, got your pencils seven two And I've noticed that most of my browsers had been already updated to that, uh, so we should be cool. Uh, this was. Uh, uh, they're, they're still not mentioning exactly what this exploit exploit does until they know that it's been patched and most of the people who could be affected by it uh, are going to be okay. Uh, but it is super, super significant, not only in that it allows like arbitrary code to be executed, but also that, again, it's not that this is a theoretical thing. They've actually seen exploits for this in the wild. But, again, so long as you... Uh, yeah. as, long as, as long as you go to the the, the hamburger menu, uh, in uh, the hamburger menu in your your version of Chrome, no matter where it is, and uh, go to go to about Google Chrome, it will show you what version you have, and also check for an update. And if you're behind, it will give you an opportunity to update. But definitely, again, seriously, comma update your Chrome installs dot 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 like right this minute," says an engineering director on Google Chrome via Twitter.
1: You know, things happen.
0: Hey, what are you going to (laughs) do?
1: What are you going to do? At least nobody died. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Shall we go into an ad?
0: (laughs) I think we should go into an ad.
1: This episode of the Material Podcast is brought to you by Pingdom. Whilst you've been listening to us banter along, you wouldn't know if your website had gone down. You wouldn't know if your customers couldn't click that buy now button or access any of your content. You know, you might not even know about the problem until you actually stumbled upon it by luck. And that's no good. You need a system. Something to tell you that everything is running smoothly on your site, and more importantly, even when it's not. That's why you need Pingdom. Pingdom will let you know the moment your site goes down in whatever way is best for you. They're smart too. They'll get the information needed to solve the issue and send it to whoever needs to know, whether that's one person or your whole team. They're dedicated to making the web faster and more reliable. They use more than 70 global test servers that emulate visits to your site, checking its availability as often as every minute. All Pingdom needs is your URL, and they will take care of the rest. So don't risk being the last to know about something on your site breaking. Start monitoring your site today. Go to pingdom.com slash RelayFM right now for a 14-day free trial with no credit card required. Then, when you sign up, use the code MATERIAL at checkout to get an awesome 30% off your first invoice. Our thanks to Pingdom for their support of the Material podcast and the FM network.
0: Well, we mentioned last week that there were a couple of – actually a bunch of issues regarding uh, YouTube and the safety of children that had come up that we really wanted to make sure we took a deep dive on uh, and we decided to wrap up our – excuse me, our uh, Mobile World Congress stuff. Uh, But now, unfortunately, it is time to start digging into uh, some really terrible news uh, about – YouTube some of which is not Google's fault some of which is very much Google's fault um let's start off with the one that we can laugh about and sort of dismiss uh which is unfortunately also the one that I've been seeing the most like local news coverage of uh the the Momo challenge this is the problem where there's the that creepy like bird like human like Momo character Pops up and tries to tantalize kids into doing bad things. It's
1: very Slender Man meets the Scream Mask.
0: Yeah. And you
1: know what I mean? Yeah. It's just very. Um... Go ahead. Keep I mean, going. It's, it's, was,
0: so, so, uh, and we can dismiss this one because it really is a hoax uh the momo yeah 100% 100%. Is, it's this character and the uh, ca- a sculpture that was that was made a while ago every once in a while there pops up this hoax that there's this character is being sent out to again to harm harm your children and because it's such a cool visual and because harm your children is a really good way to get people to sit in through the uh, attorney ads and the tire of presence day, mattress day sale ads to go to listen to the next segment. It gets spread around, but it's, it's, it's weird now the the, the, the diff- it is fake but the there there are a couple of things that make it more real number 1 because it's been spread by the local news uh, outlets so much that some schools have actually been disabling youtube as a direct co- consequence because they think that this momo character is going to steal people's mm-hmm. souls or whatever um but the other thing is that this is how <laughs> this is this is how that really weird like skinner box that is the social community of YouTube works about things where all you have to do is like uh, something is not a real, something that's not a real thing. It's not a real trend or anything like that. Maybe maybe there is one or two people who were stupid enough to think that a Tide pod looks like candy. So, or, Hey, what happens? Hey, I'm going to do something really reckless and weird. It does look like candy. Right. Well, okay. It does. But we're talking about like a couple and then Somebody, some news outlet, picks it up and decide, oh, no, it's the hot new trend is like kids are now doing this all the time. And
1: because sensational news is unfortunately still. Yeah.
0: And as a result, like everyone that sells. Yeah. Uh, the and so people who have this the, the fear of missing out say oh I I wanted I'm going to post my own like Tide Pod challenge video either for either for views or just because hey I don't want to miss out on this hot new trend and that's when you get people trying to eat a tablespoon of cinnamon not because it was <laughs> all because it wasn't YouTube that corrupted the youth it was the 6 p.m. nightly news with Chet and Natalie that corrupted <laughs> corrupted the American youth. Little shout out there for uh, Boston, Boston uh, kids who were, grew up with WCVB Channel Five for Chet and Natalie, their your nightly married news team. When they got divorced, it really, really shook me it's like was that Chet, a thing? Chet and Natalie, they were. All, it was, you know, it's like it's almost like mom and dad getting a divorce. You know, it's like I my the bedrock of my understanding was that Chet and Natalie were on the news desk. They were married. They were pilots and everything, and they did everything together. Not that you know they could they could ever split apart. And now that this one bedrock understanding that I had has been blown away and demonstrated to be this tissue of illusion that it's always been. I need to recalibrate what is up and what is down. My magnetic north has been spun around mightily.
1: This is uh this is also a thing that can be said to parents about YouTube and how they allow their children to <laughs> just watch whatever's coming through. Yes.
0: <laughs> uh
1: what you thought YouTube was good for, it's actually bad for now.
0: See, they, they they were also the co-anchors of the Boston Marathon coverage. So it was like, okay, are they gonna be able to like patch things up enough so that they could still co-host the Boston Marathon? Because I don't know if I could take both things happening in one year. Having to I mean you know, Bob Lobel on Channel Four, that would have been fine, I guess, but you just don't have that ready, steady banter of Chet and Natalie. That reassuring metronome on your life. Okay. Uh so let's get from something that is not real to something that is all too real, uh, and much, much sadder that we have the a problem where pedophiles have been hijacking YouTube comments on uh child themed videos. Uh, and basically using them as message boards to uh take f- completely innocent so gross yeah i know I, i'm i'm fumbling for ways to to describe this without really describing things but taking very very innocent videos of kids posted by yeah. people who are just saying oh here's a here's here's my here's my uh here here's my kid at soccer practice uh, and things as and, there's, there's no limits to how creepy any converse, any conversation that pedophiles will have about anything will be. But they'll do things like someone, a kid falls down. Say, oh, look, if you fast forward to like five minutes and 31 seconds, you can actually see like the back of the knee. So be sure to fast forward to that. And also using it sort of as message boards so that they can have conversations with each other and swap links to like actual horrifying content that's outside of youtube um and it's 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 a huge huge it's became a huge huge problem partly because of just on the face of it but also because youtube's algorithm which doesn't know any better but would then steer the pedophiles to oh well if you're interested in this video of uh, a kid uh, of kids playing soccer. Here are other videos of kids playing right. soccer. And here's a here's kids playing this other game uh which is horrifying. Uh even though it's com- again com- you could understand how uh how a an algorithm that was taught that the world is a friendly and safe place has to be taught that there are hideous horrible people out there. Um now on a uh, on a commercial level it's caused a lot of major advertisers to pull their ads from YouTube. We're talking uh, Nestle, Disney, AT and T, Hasbro, a lot of kid-friendly uh, 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 advertisers. Uh, which has kind of this has been going on for a while, but of course, only after advertisers started yes. pulling their ads, and uh, did they did YouTube suddenly decide that they need to address it? uh the easiest and quickest thing they could do was to simply pull the plug on comments uh immediately they're uh, uh they're locking comments on all videos featuring 13 year olds and younger's uh, kit, uh videos that are featuring uh, 13 to 18 year olds have limited comments on a, kind of on a case by case basis um so okay Oh, if, if that's just doesn't the, fix
1: anything by the way it doesn't just fix absolutely anything. does not fix anything and
0: it also punishes people who are who have been creating good kids content who might have had like monetized videos and might have been counting on uh the traffic they're getting from the from the engagement they're getting through message boards yep uh, excuse me through the messaging uh, that they've mm-hmm. got uh, on those videos but it just points out exactly how quickly uh flaws in this non human curated system are going to be found and exploited by bad people um related to this is that so um YouTube did something quite smart a few years ago by creating YouTube kids, which is a special app that says hey you can it's safe to give you have this this app on your kids' devices because it's a special uh, special youtube kids it will not have like anything that you would not want a, a kid to have But nonetheless, it's apparently not being curated nearly as well as it should be. Uh, For one thing, you've got these, in addition to the above problems, you have griefers who think it would be funny to well let's say let's take this there's a game called Splatoon that's really really popular with kids and of course they a lot of, ki- a lot of kids they like to watch gameplay videos so mm-hmm. what let's let's do like a gameplay video of Splatoon but then like suddenly cut to like a really stupid joke about uh, about slashing your wrists and because it's a kids video it'll appear in the YouTube kids channel and it would also the algorithm will point you towards other videos like that It's, again, it's hard for an algorithm to understand that if there is a way for a human being who is either stupid or malicious or sick or all three to screw anything up, they will screw it up for everybody, either because they think it's a joke or because they have no clue or no care about the damage they're doing to a larger system.
1: This is just us talking about it in America. Um, I'm just thinking, I'm thinking about my cousins overseas who are young, young kids and who are watching YouTube as their, as their treat. You know what I mean? Like they're watching, they're watching cartoons on YouTube. I don't even know what the heck those cartoons are. Um, But who knows like what's coming through there. And I, now we have to start saying, well, at what point do we draw the line so that we can make this like safe for people again? Because it's honestly a little rampant. This is not like a TV channel. A TV channel, I'm thinking of like what I grew up with. I grew up watching Nickelodeon and, you know, uh whenever there was a preview of it, Disney Channel. And those things are very, very curated and yeah. very, like, editorialized. And it very... Yes, it is, like, the channels are there to, you know, offer a platform for advertisers. But at the very least, there was, like, a giant... um There was the stakes are higher in that sense, right? Because there is a company that is profiting from all of that. And so they want to make sure whatever content is going forth uh, is is good enough to keep those advertisers around. YouTube has to start thinking around the exact same uh, lines is that it is content. It is like a TV channel on the Internet. And I understand the idea of YouTube is like, you're the one who creates the content, but that content needs to be heavily vetted because when you have this really open platform, uh, it becomes a breeding ground for other things. And I just don't understand how you're on a product planning commission and you're not thinking about how things could go wrong. Don't people do this when they're planning, uh, you know, like when they're planning cities like when you're when you're planning out a city or when you're planning out a building or I, I like engineers think about those sort of things so why aren't they thinking about it in terms of like internet product because the internet is literally just like putting a building in the middle of a empty space and then all this stuff gets built up around it but like it, Do you see where I'm going? (laughs) I'm I'm uh, flabbergasted at why why we're just not thinking a step ahead when we're planning these things. Like, why are we giving money for products that are not having a step ahead? Like, are we looking at these things 50 years into the future? I mean, I realize that might be a lot to ask, but this move fast, break things sort of idea of technology and online services, it's... it cannot work like this because you're basically yeah. building in, a wor- in the world without any regulations because the internet is the world. We keep forgetting that. It is actually a part of society just because it exists in the computer. Like Andy and I are fully, uh, like we're fully interacting through Skype. Yeah, we only see each other through Skype, you know, in these couple of hours a week, but that is the extent of our relationship and it plays a huge part. In that, the same way that it, just I'm trying to say Andy. <laughs> yeah,
0: it's, it's the, 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 I'll, I'll cut companies like YouTube and let's add, uh, let's add Google, the, the, the Google search team. Let's add, God forbid, even Facebook uh, and Apple, all these companies and Twitter. The thing is, they, when they created their products, they didn't set out to create something that would become part of society's infrastructure. And so they didn't wire Mm. it up for to have the responsibility for the effects that their creation could have on that society, particularly when they're being manipulated by truly, truly bent people. However, they have that. That doesn't mean that they conduct that responsibility. Now they, if they're going to take the money, and the profits and the power that they have from having being the Facebook of, uh, of, so, of, uh, of social networks, be being the YouTube of a uh, of video by being the Google of, of search. They have a responsibility to, uh, to be aware of the dangers that their technology represents if they're abused and find ways to mitigate it. Like uh, particularly what gets it, what gets me, uh, what gets me upset is that, um, this is a difficult thing to curate at the scale at which youtube in the uh, as a, as a whole operates. I get that, but when you have an app called youtube kids mm-hmm. you're you're basically selling the product that we can create a safe space for children mm-hmm. and it make it means that even if you still want to pursue the argument that we don 't have enough resources to to uh, to do more human crea- curation. What if you just simply said this, here is the YouTube, one of the features of the YouTube kids app is not only is it going to be limited to things that we have, our algorithms have deemed appropriate for children, but you will not, your kid will never see anything that you did not approve that if you're, if our algorithm algorithms might recommend something for your child, but that will be put into a queue until the end of the day when you mm. go into their room and you've pick up their dirty clothes, and you tuck them in, you read them a story and that you take their phone to put it in a charger and then you review, here are the things your kids has asked to see. And then, even then it will say, oh, by the way, hmm. here are the videos that we are likely to recommend based on the fact that she chose that you can uh, you can pre-approve any, or pre-disallow any of these. So that the next Somebody day,
1: pay Andy, that's a great idea. Yeah.
0: So I mean, <laughs> this is not a difficult thing to do and this is part of that responsibility that you can't just simply say... Just as just as they did uh, with the App app, oh well, you know the 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 videos uh, I've submitted followed all of our guidelines. So really, what can we do? Well, you can do a hell of a lot because you own the store. Okay, you own it. It is yours. This is yeah. not a First Amendment issue. This is a private business that you're running. People who want to do nasty things will simply have to do it in a place that is not controlled by Google. A, a company with amazing intellectual and financial and human power resources.
1: I feel kind of bad for saying like, well, why aren't people like paying attention to what's going on at the company? Because I realize that it is it is hard, I think, to think in the scope of my, what might happen. But in in terms of YouTube Kids, I agree that – there needs to be more than just this is a channel that will funnel all of the YouTube kids content. There needs to be like very specialized parental controls, um, especially in because Google is also selling product to make these things instantly accessible in your home. So you have these smart displays. The whole idea of them and all the casting devices is like, oh, you have a YouTube kids channel on there. But why would you go into the YouTube Kids channel if there's no way that you can really curate it? And so I know a lot of people who have bought Lenovo Smart Displays or Google Home Hubs with the intention of having these be like uh, kid portals, and they can't use them as kid portals because they're actually kind of unsafe because there's no way to properly curate. So that's a waste of money, and that makes the product not usable for what it's intended to be used as, which is a family portal. I, you know, if we want these technologies to become a part of our lives and to to become embedded in this way, they do have to think about us in in that sense like we have to start thinking about the human ecology of uh maybe ecology is not the right word, but we do have to think about the the world that we're building around technology and how to maneuver things so that it's it's as safe as it, it can be for the people that it needs to be safe for. I think that's really important. And that's why like Andy and I are so we're like come on companies like come on because uh because we have no power to do anything about it. All we are is users of what we're offered. And so what we're basically asking for is for those offerings. Yeah. Which I think is a fair I think is a fair thing to ask for as a consumer, right? You go to a company, you say, I would like for you to offer a way that I can manage 100% everything that comes through on the YouTube Kids app because I heard there are some creepos creeping around and using the videos of my children for some unfortunate, nefarious things and by the way we are going to put a content warning at the beginning of this podcast um because i know there are lots of you out there who maybe listen to this maybe with the kids in the car and that sort um this is definitely not the episode that you're going to want to do that uh but we'll put that at the beginning so
0: it's because very good point
1: yeah it's because it's 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 gross. Like, it's it's just a gross thing. And and I understand that there are communities on the internet where this sort of thing exists in private. And, like, I, I would like to also think about this. Like, if... Okay. So there are, there are pedophiles in the YouTube comments. Where's the FBI? Where's, like, all of those bodies that are supposed to be protecting our children like, coming out and saying, like, this is bad? Where are the where's the red alert on that because i find this to be like if this is something that citizens are using like it the government should kind of, i mean am i too am i far off to say that no because if because if this were a, somebody uh you know pushing around child pornography this is why we're doing a content warning so that i can feel open to say these words uh if we we have people who are pushing around innocent videos as child pornography that is a thing that would have authorities coming in and confiscating that because that is gross. (laughs) That is an awful thing. So why do we not have that kind of level happening here? I mean, honestly, the right thing for Google to have done would maybe not to shut down comments, but to shut down YouTube for a while until it figures this thing out to really show that this is a serious problem and that this is perpetuating some very, very dangerous things. And this is making the internet a very unsafe place for children after we have advertised it to be a safe place. That's why we allowed companies like Disney to come in here. So yeah, in one perspective, it is all capitalism, like all the companies coming in and saying, oh no, we need to take away our ads. But now it is becoming like it is a human safety issue. It is a people safety issue because you, as parents, when you become a parent, I'm not, I don't have children but uh, but I've learned a lot about parenting in therapy. <laughs> <laughs> and therapy uh, and and I, and I know that as a parent your number one job is to protect your child. That's why you bring a new life into this world. You're supposed to protect them with all of your might. And so wouldn't you feel like you have fa- like you have been failed by a company because they are not allowing you to protect your children from these things? I know evils exist in this world, but this is an evil that is non-consensual because it is using videos of children for sexual purposes, which is absolutely messed up and needs to be treated as a national emergency. And I realize that that sounds like absolute hyperbole coming from me, but if I had a child, I'd want to protect them. And this is not enabling me to protect them. And I think that's a huge failure on, on YouTube's part.
0: There's a reason why this particular crime infuriates all of us. There's mm-hmm. – it's and not – And why we're
1: doing an episode to this.
0: Yeah. It should inf- equally infuriate people who created code, created a system that was certainly not meant to, to enable any of this stuff. And if I were in charge of YouTube – I would be so infuriated by this that this would be priority one for the entire platform. I don't think I would shut the entire thing down because it's is it is part of social in- infrastructure worldwide, Absolutely. and also you th- you throw a lot of people who are counting on income uh, out of there a
1: hundred percent.
0: But but it wouldn't. But nonetheless, if. A piece of property that I was responsible for was being used for a crime of that kind of, I can't even put into words how angry I get that this crime exists.
1: Nefarious you, isn't even the right word for it, by the way. It's like 10 times worse than that.
0: Yeah. I'm Again, I, this, this, it provokes such emotional responses that are completely appropriate, by the way. Um, but if so, if I found out that my property was being used in this fashion, I would set fire to that building to, to make sure that was not happening uh, anymore. Uh, the I, I'm not quite satisfied with YouTube's response as yet uh, because this is this is how this is uh, this is how important things get taken away from us when you have this uh, when you, when you have like a public park which was designed for that just as an just as a more innocent example you have a public park that was really designed as a place where here's a place that doesn't belong to anybody it belongs to everybody and so if you want a meeting place here's a place where you can all meet and if you want to have athletics you can have athletics here Okay, and here is some. We're we're gonna pay for nice greenery. We're gonna pay for uh, occasional band concerts. Things to basically make the and we're gonna pay to keep the uh, keep the basketball courts and the and the and the and the softball fields nice and nice and tidy. And then there are people who decide, Ooh, look at all those beautiful flowers! I'm just gonna rip them up for myself. And even worse, there are people who said, Ooh, you know, I mean, I certainly don't want to sell drugs in front of my own house. So why don't we just like set up that home base on this field is going to be where you come to buy drugs from me. And if you want to shoot up drugs, well go just go the other side of that handy fence right over there while the and, kids are
1: doing their little league t- right. tournament.
0: And and suddenly the people who are not who are you suddenly this stops becoming the thing that it was intended to be, which mm-hmm. was something for the betterment of everybody and becomes owned by the bad people, the the the, the, the terrible people. Okay, and so it may it might as well have never existed to begin with. This is this is why I should I should wind this up because this is going on to I could I could go on for three hours about this, but this is this is why even as a little kid, one of the most inspirational lines of any pop culture media that I ever came across was from. Uh Willy Wonk and the Chocolate Factory. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the the song True Imagination. Mm-hmm. But just the just that one line. If you want to view paradise, simply look around and view it. Which to me meant that, well, congratu- you, you want to be like a, congratulations. You're here. This is this is paradise all around you. All you have to do is not F it up. Exactly. And if, so- and if someone has F'd it up, try to fix it and put it back to its, its design state. What... Okay and mm-hmm. that's that's mm-hmm. one of the things that comes back to me when i think of situations like this that the internet anything really can be paradise if we just everybody individually decides i'm not going to f this yes. up for every for everybody else and this seems like a remarkably glib way to end a segment on a very very serious topic but that's part of your responsibility as somebody who builds youtube that you can't decide. This is not a PR problem. I don't think that they were treating this as a PR problem. But this is not a PR problem. This is not something that requires a subtle, uh, <laughs> a subtle approach. You got to do what you have to do, or else this will become this. This beautiful park will become uh, the, yeah. a crack garden, and will never ever be what it was before. Okay, think of, think about. All of the kids who they never felt as though there was anybody who was like them, anybody who was uh who uh could make them feel that they were not lonely anymore that their their struggle yeah. in a, in school or in a social group was their struggle alone, and they found people kids exactly mm-hmm. like them who were just decided to speak into a webcam and tell them about Especially how crappy their day is
1: generation like the gen z i I know it's it's like cliche to say, but this is the way that they communicate now. And we have to make it safe for them going forward yeah. because they're going to keep communicating this way. Again, as we were saying earlier in this podcast, babies come out now and they don't have buttons. <laughs> they have screens. Yeah. And this is how they – this is becomes part of their communication. This is how humans are evolving. So we have to evolve the platforms as well to protect each other. It really is just – we need to protect each other. And yeah. it doesn't matter if you're a tech company and you're trying to make money. There have, there are people there who work. And so they should, you know, there should be an ethos, a general ethos of like, we need to make sure this is protective.
0: Yeah. As a, we can wrap this up and go into commercial mm-hmm. with one, another one of my favorite lines from Kurt Vonnegut. He said, uh, we're all here to take care of each other, get us to help each other, get through this thing, no matter what it is. Or whatever it is. And on that note, we'll be an, back.
1: And now for an ad. <laughs> now uh, for an ad
0: and and other news. Well,
1: everyone, go go take a quick break, and then we'll be back with the little Google news. And um, yeah, this episode of Material is brought to you by Squarespace. Make your next move with Squarespace. Squarespace lets you easily create a website for your next idea with a unique domain, award-winning templates, and more. Maybe you want to create an online store, maybe you want to create a portfolio, or maybe you want to create a blog. Squarespace is an all-in-one platform that lets you do just that. Nothing to install, no patches to worry about, no upgrades after the fact. You don't have to worry about any of it because Squarespace has got you covered. They have award-winning 24-7 customer support if you need any help. They let you quickly and easily grab a unique domain name. And all of those award-winning templates are beautifully designed for you to show off your great ideas. Squarespace is all over the web. You probably don't even know when you're on a Squarespace website. Squarespace plans started just $12 a month, but you can start a trial with no credit card required by going to squarespace.com material. When you decide to sign up, use the offer code material to get 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain and to show your support for us. Material. Once again, that's squarespace.com slash material and the code material to get 10% off your first purchase. We thank Squarespace for their continued support. Squarespace, make your next move. Make your next website.
0: Well, um, the the news that we have for you next is going to be great news for yes. all of you, except for people who don't live in the United States and before you gloat, people who live in Indiana, Kentucky, Louisiana, Minnesota, Nebraska, Montana, or Texas, this won't apply to you either. I uh, Google Duplex is now live in 43 states, 43 United States states, except for again Indiana, Kentucky, Louisiana, Minnesota, Nebraska, Montana, and Texas, uh, and only so parts on parts of the Midwest phones.
1: and the South.
0: Yeah, I don't maybe. Uh, maybe with I the wonder accents, why. Maybe, oh. maybe, what's the accent? Because if you've forgotten what Google you Duplex so? was, I don't know. I, 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 let, let's let's remind people what Google Duplex is. That's the service where you can uh, Google Assistant service where you can ask the Google Assistant to, hey, make me a hair, uh, make me, get me a table for two at Le Second Volant in uh, Seattle uh, on Tuesday at 7 p.m. And the assistant will actually. Call the find get the number of the restaurant. Call the restaurant and in a very natural interactive voice, like it's your personal human assistant. Say hi, I'm calling on behalf of Andy notko He'd like a table for two. And no matter how the conversation goes, say Lescar Lescar Vellon, can you hold on for a sec? It would be yes. I'll hold on that, hi, what can I do for you? It will No matter what the, where the pauses are, it will complete the sort of thing and then come back at you with a calendar appointment and say, okay, I've booked a table for two for you at Le Cigar in Seattle at 7.30 p.m. Uh, even going so far as to say, like the person at the other end says, oh, we have nothing available at 7.30, but uh, we have something at 8.30, is that okay? So, yep, that's okay, definitely book it. So that was a demo at Google I.O. that wowed a lot of people while also giving a lot of other people uh, a opportunity to write a think piece on how <laughs> how horrible it is that hum- that humans that computers are doing humans' work, uh, but they've actually got it, they've actually got it released now. It's now it's because live. we're pissed.
1: We're trying yeah, not to because, lose our jobs, okay?
0: Oh, or also because <laughs> it's it's like it's Thursday. And if we fit, if we file something for this, going kind to of publish on Friday. That means we can get a three day weekend. That's often why why these thing pieces get written. Uh, but yeah, so uh, it's it's released. It's it's done. I actually almost used it accidentally today because I was playing uh, uh, I was playing the demo video in which you say, "Okay, okay, Guillermo, set up an appointment for." It. And then of course, like my Google Home was like two feet away. And it said, "Okay, I, but uh, I can do that for you as soon as you link your your Google account." Right. So fortunately, I didn't have to like suddenly <laughs> slap the thing and go abort, abort, abort. Uh, but it looks pretty cool. They uh, they did we, make. A we couple- don't
1: condone that you slap your Google Home, by the way.
0: Yes. Well, it's it's an inanimate object. It hasn't been programmed to feel pain. It wants you or- to
1: say please after every command.
0: I was ho- I was hoping that like t- that, like tapping it would be like at the top is the you know. Like turn off the microphone or stop doing. It. Basically, don't try to. T- <laughs> uh, be uh. So uh, anyway, so uh, Google made it very, very clear that the demo that they had was uh, at Google I/O. It was real, but it was not necessarily what the user would experience when the thing shipped. Like they edited out some things just to make sure it actually flowed. It was for real, but was not actually and- how it will work. <laughs> Yeah, well, well meaning that like they they didn't want people to hear here's the name of the restaurant that he called and here's uh so a lot of this, so most of the stuff mm. that people were concerned about, were addressed. As so, as a matter of fact, the when they when Google Assistant calls, it actually says, "Hi, I'm a computer, I'm a computerized assistant," and what your what this conversation might be recorded. So now these are not necessarily Google being polite. This could be there are 50 states, and each of them has a different rule about how a, a robocall can behave and whether you can record. Uh, without without consent of the person who's called. Uh, I'm guessing that if there are seven states that are not on this list, it's what because they might have some quirk. Although I will say you know, Montana, there just might not be enough restaurants to make this worthwhile. It's like...
1: Uh, I don't know. I don't those know mountains someday, are. those mountains are going to get their own AI answering service. Yeah, be exactly. Like... I mean, that would be... Ugh, now I'm talking about automating people's jobs. I'm not going to go down there. I was just saying they could use this for the state parks. <laughs> but I'm sorry I said that because yes, I love all my mounties and I and I know how fun that job is. <laughs>
0: um. So uh, the other 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 stuff that kind of came up. They have a, a page for a support page for it for businesses. Uh, that says that, for one thing, the Google Assistant will only use Duplex uh, if it can't do it. it it's, it's not necessarily a, a last resort, but if the restaurant already works with the Reserve with Google program, this is Google having partnerships with a whole bunch of automated like online reservation systems. If it can do it through an online reservation system, it'll do it that way. Uh, if, you, if you're asking the Google Assistant, what time does this place close? And this business has already, through their Google listing, listed what their hours are. It won't necessarily call them for everything. It will just call them if it's a piece of information that doesn't have. And the business can also – It's not going to waste their time. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's
1: the whole point. Uh, And the business can also
0: opt out if they want.
1: Sorry. I just wanted to add that um, I – Late recently, people have been asking me, like, oh, how did you find out about this business? And I tell them that I find out through Google. And um, there's a lot of traction. I I feel like – I wonder if Google's doing a bunch of stuff behind the scenes to kind of get people more into using it versus, like, a service like Yelp or, you know, some other.
0: Yelp is – they, yeah, because somebody they, was they, like,
1: Le- "Leave a review on Yelp or Facebook," and I said, "Oh no, I'll leave a review of you on Google." And they were like, "Oh yeah, that's right. More people have been doing that." And it's like, "Yeah,
0: yeah." People use well, see, that That's another good example. Yelp has been ruined by both idiots who are like, "I had a, i i asked for, i asked for coffee and they brought the coffee, but it wasn't like my favorite kind of coffee, so one star." Yeah. And it's also been ruined by other restaurants trying to sabotage each other's reviews. So now you really can't <laughs> trust anything that that gets said on that service at all.
1: Oh, goodness. Oh, goodness gracious. Uh, Again,
0: there is nothing so wonderful that other humans will not try to ruin it. Mm-hmm. Um, last thing is uh, uh, these are all actually all headlines that have been bro- breaking today uh so the he- now there's a headline that i'm sure is going to get a lot of arrogant people making comments about um google does uh google does a pay hmm. study every single year uh to figure out like if if, if it's paying people enough and if they're uh, paying people equitably and the headlines are that a google pay study has been finding that it actually underpaid men uh for many jobs and so Okay, cool headline, but before you start tweeting about huh You see, you see, it's all been, if anything, it's the men who've been, who've been prejudiced against... Mm. Okay, so this is why you should – when someone says that or posts that on Facebook, you should come back and most mostly point out that uh, – this is uh, from the actual Google blog post that explains it. It uh, said, quote, there are a couple of reasons that the pay equity analysis required more adjustments in 2018 compared to 2017. First, the 2018 analysis flagged one particularly large job code – That is the level four software engineer for adjustments. Within this job code, men were flagged for adjustments because they received less discretionary funds than women. In this case, they're saying that there are, uh, there are guidelines for how much you get paid, including here's your experience, here's the job that you're being hired for, uh, here's uh, the level of education you have. But there's also the person hiring you has a discretionary sort of bump they can give you. They have to justify it to a higher up, but they can just decide that they want to give you an extra mm-hmm. you know, 10% or 15% or whatever. And so there's a, there's a discrepancy in the discretionary adjustments continuing. Within this job code, men were flagged for adjustments because they received less... Less discretionary funds than women. Secondly, this year we took to, we undertook a new, hire analysis to look for any discrepancies in offers to new employees. This accounted for forty nine percent of the total dollars spent on adjustments. So they're talking about one employment category there was a problem with, and also they changed their methodology, so they things got skewed a little bit. Uh, so uh, the other problem with uh, saying that this proves that there is no inequality. If anything, it's the men mm. who are being justified against, is that this is there's a difference between like paying people the same and making sure that men and women have the same opportunities at a company. Um, one of the big complaints that uh, and consistent complaints against Google has been that two people, uh, the famous level four software engineer, you could have a man and a woman who are both being hired and the woman will be hired not as a level four software engineer, but as a level three. And the difference between level three and level four is that level four has more opportunities for advancement, more opportunities for like uh, stock compensation, all that sort of stuff. So it's like not making sure that you don't get shuttled into – Uh, a glass ceiling sort of job where you're probably be promoted this high, but no higher versus uh, into a track where vice presidency is not even a limit to how far you can go.
1: Yeah. You know, I just, I thought it was very funny. It was not funny, but I, I figured the headlines would start rolling in my RSS feeds of this is proof that Google is paying its women more than its men those women they're just wrong about everything No, it's 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 that's not yeah. what's really going on it's just that because things I think the the bigger issue here is that um instead of just systemically attempting or attempting to to fix the systemic issue uh Google's bit you know Companies like Google, what they do is they try to kind of like bump up. Okay, you want to bump up some women here, you want to bump up some women there. But eventually, like that's not really solving the bigger problem of what's going on with with pay inequality. And um, it's I think that's really the ultimate crux of this story is that the way we've tried to the, the way companies have tried to fix the gender pay gap has not helped it at all, and it's kind of made things a little weird and making it harder for some of us so maybe let's figure out something new
0: yes it it would help to take this completely seriously
1: exactly um and which it is a serious thing mind you
0: Uh, well i think that's 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 enough for one week i think don't you think
1: yeah i do (laughs)
0: okay
1: i do i i do
0: (laughs) yes where can people read you and what might have might what might people be looking forward to from you in the next week or so.
1: Okay, so because people are listening to our podcast, I want to let people out there know who are listening that I have a Discord server now that I'm opening up to people who want to come and chat with me throughout the day. Um I just found that trying to keep my website consistently updated was not happening because I'm just so busy doing work for actual clients that are paying and until I have some sort of way to make money off of flow feed it, It's, you know, we're not... I can't really work for free right now, okay? I live in California. Um, yeah. You have to keep working here. Otherwise, you'll just end up on a hill somewhere with some deer. Uh, anyway, so...
0: And that's not a part of the country where they will, they hand out salt licks left and right. That's No, we don't have salt
1: licks out here. It's actually just like completely dry and there's nothing. Uh, we were lucky we had water this year, but anyway, so if you want to come in and hang out, you can, I have like some cool bots. I have some, uh, I post updates to what I've like posted on the internet and like what I'm working on. And we talk about like Android apps and Android phones and it's Um, I'm just trying to create a fun, a good, inclusive space for Android and and Google fans who want to nerd out with me. So come do that. You can find a link just floating around my Twitter somewhere. I'm going to make you search for it because I don't want it to be that open, Uh, (laughs) even though there's a public link. Uh, Also, I just had a post go up at Android Police this week about podcasts, and I figured being a podcaster, I could... A pine on that sort of thing. And um, and then I have a piece going up at Lifehacker later this week. So, yay, I have things going up. Yay. I worked. <laughs> uh, and of course, florenceion.com if you just need general info on me.
0: Lovely. And as usual, if you spell my last name, you can get to anotgo.com, which is my blog. You can get to anotgo on Twitter or anotgo on Instagram. Uh, to find out what's on my mind or what I'm linking to or upcoming stuff that I'm going to be speaking at or on radio and in PR in Boston, all that other sort of stuff. Uh, and you can also find out more stuff in the show notes for links and uh, other good stuff at relay.fm slash material for this show. It's also a place where if you want to become a member of a supporting member of this program, uh, that's always a lovely, lovely thing for us. So thank you very much for even considering such a thing. Uh, But that's going to be it for this week. Uh, Absolutely. Thank you very much for listening this week. Hope you listen to us again next week. Until then, have a wonderful seven days, everybody.